What inspires an athlete to go from activist to political candidate? What exactly does one hope to accomplish if one is elected to the Australian Senate as an independent? How do you navigate the halls of power without party backing? What role do sports and athletes have to play in the fight against climate change and indeed broader political discourse as a whole? I'm your host Joey Lynch and this is Beyond the Lead with former Wallabies captain and current independent candidate for the Australian Senate, David Pocock. David Pocock was never one to shy away from a challenge. Be that on the rugby field with the Western Force, ACT Brubbies or the Wallabies, or indeed in the public square. Throughout his long playing career, which ended with his retirement in 2020, the 33-year-old was a loud voice in favour of social justice causes and greater action on climate change, even managing to get himself arrested in 2014 after he locked himself to digging equipment at a Malls Creek mine site. When he retired from rugby, the Zimbabwe-born Canberran didn't have any intention of moving into politics, but after a few years spent on conservation work and other passion projects, he announced his intention to stand as an independent candidate for one of the ACT's two spaces in the Australian Senate late last year. As one would expect from someone with Pocock's history, he does have some issues that are near and dear to his heart, but in other spaces there's a lot more consultation happening. In our exclusive chat for Beyond the Lead, he broke down what that looked like as he went about formulating his policies, his views on climate change and what needs to be done, athletes in politics, the need for sporting infrastructure in the ACT, and much more. But first, he explained to me just how the transition from activist to candidate came about. There wasn't one moment in particular. I retired from rugby at the start of COVID in, what was that, 2020? Feels like a long time ago now. And sort of jumped into some agriculture and conservation work I'd been been involved with on the side and spent most of last year in Zimbabwe, actually, working on, working on that project and got contacted by a few people here in Canberra talking about the opportunity to run as an independent for the Senate. To be honest, I'd always obviously been involved in things that I thought were important and wanted to try and use whatever platform I had in sport to actually talk about and further the conversation um, around those issues, but kind of looked at things and thought I could probably contribute more outside of politics. But then thinking more about the opportunity as an independent, it became uh, um, more interesting and then I actually went up to COP26 in Glasgow for the, um, the big sort of climate conference um, for the project I was working on in Zimbabwe. I went up there, not actually for the climate bit, to, to meet some people who were working on uh, nature-based solutions some conservation stuff, some carbon credit um, sort of traders up there. And really just seeing... Um, you know, the way Australia was regarded internationally and getting a better understanding of the opportunity that we're missing, the huge economic opportunity that we're, we're missing out on by not actually taking climate action seriously. 
um, yeah, I thought, well, this is something I'm interested in. Uh, I've spoken about in the past and, you know, there's an opportunity here to actually represent my community on, on issues that, uh, one, are important to me, but, are, you know, are important to a community that I love here in, in Canberra. So decided to jump into it. Um, the project in Zimbabwe was at the point where I could sort of hand hand over to the rest of the team. And um, yeah, I've been back here and just yeah, getting stuck in, learning a lot, but but really enjoying it. You talked about how in the past you wanted to use your platform as an athlete to talk about the issues that were important to you. Where did that mindset come from? Is it something that you've always wanted to do? Did you have an inspirational figure that inspired you to do that how did that evolution come about you know as an athlete wrongly or rightly you you do have some sort of platform and for me I knew what it was like to be that young kid that just idolized rugby players and wanted to know everything about them and I, I really felt like I was benefiting so much from society, being able to do what I, you know, I, I was doing to live out a childhood dream, playing rugby at past level, that I wanted to actually give back and felt like I could actually contribute to some, some of the conversations that I thought were, were really important. And rugby had given me so much and I, and I was you know, trying to give back in 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 that way but also you know outside of rugby I think there's a lot of other important issues we're facing and and so sort of tried to talk about them you know and hopefully in a way that was engaging and didn't come from this kind of uh work perspective it was just more about like these are issues we face and I think we can be having conversations about them because they affect all of our lives and you know at some point we're gonna have to deal with them in a hypothetical world when if uh, sorry i'll start again in a hypothetical world in which you are elected to represent the act in the senate could you give me a brief rundown what's your policy platform what exactly do you want to achieve in the australian senate the exciting thing for me about being an independent is i'm in there to actually represent people at the end of the day i've got no party line to tow i've spent the last few months just getting out into the community and meeting with people asking them what do you care about what are you frustrated with at the moment what do you want to see more of and from doing that we were sort of forming my my policy positions no matter where you go people want more integrity in politics when we're seeing politicians not hold themselves to the same standard that you know we expect of businesses and you know every other part of society so we've got what I think is like a really um, solid um, asks around integrity and things that are like can tangibly be done on that another thing which is a bit of a sort of niche Canberra issues around territory rights currently that the Australian Capital Territory can't legislate on a bunch of uh, issues that really affect us like like the states um, can do and then we're busy working on um, stuff around housing affordability and cost of living, which, you know, as we see in the news every day and then talking to people across the ACT is a huge issue for 
you know, for, for most Australians, frankly, with, with the increasing um, cost of housing, you know, petrol prices, uh, what they are at the moment, um, you know, these are serious issues and, and people want to be listened to, taken seriously, and for the, these to actually be dealt with by, by the government. In your consultations with the people of the ACT, do you think you're resonating? Do you think they're warming to the idea of an independent candidate for the Senate as opposed to one of the major parties? There's definitely a, a deep frustration with the way politics has been done lately. A lot of people are saying that they're sick of every issue being politicised and, you know, both of the, the major parties are just trying to point score on issues rather than actually saying, hang on, this is an issue that's affecting Australians every day. And this is something that if we actually deal with it in the right way, we can turn this into an opportunity. And I think as an independent, that's the, that's the, the opportunity. That's, that's why we're seeing independents actually uh, able to get in there and just talk about the issues that, that matter to them. They're not tied to some party line that, you know, frankly, seems only designed to win the next election. It's not actually looking at, well, how can we, how can we make things better? How can we actually address the needs of the people um, in Australia? Do you think you're in with a genuine chance to win a seat? I mean, I'm, I must admit I'm a Victoria, so I'm looking at the yeah. ACT landscape and the local press writing Katie Gallagher looks very strong and said Zed Seselja increased his margin at the last election. Do you think you're in with a shot? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be running if I didn't think I was in, in with a chance. Katie Gallagher, the, the Labor senator, picks up her quota very easily. Uh, senator Seselja over the last uh, two elections has only got home, you know, after, I don't know, it's like the 25th redistribution of preferences. So there's definitely an opportunity there. I think people want to see better representation. They want, want to see people who actually care about the community, who want to go in there and, and, and you know, fight for issues that are important to, to people here in Canberra. And that, you know, I think people realise we're not currently getting that. Such is the nature of the beasts of Australian and maybe even Western politics that affecting change as an independent, even in the event that one is elected, can be difficult. Have you had any thoughts about how you'll manage that if slash when you're elected? Yeah, I mean, this is a very convenient line for the major parties, but I think the reality is if we look over the last 10 years, independents have held a huge amount of power on the crossbench and Independents have actually got a lot of things done. So, you know, you take uh, Jackie Lambie in Tasmania. She had the entire social housing debt wiped from Tasmania because the government desperately needed her support. So I think we're, we're seeing people actually realise that it's, it's not actually advantageous to have a safe seat. And Canberra is such a safe Labor uh, area with one Liberal senator and... Therefore, we get very little attention from the federal government. You know, despite from the outside, it looks like there's all this attention on Canberra, but you know, that's very much the, the Canberra bubble, the politicians coming in and out. When it comes to infrastructure, uh, we're missing out. Like, you know, we've got 
I think the oldest rectangular stadium in Australia at the moment. It's not fit for purpose. Uh, it's not a good game day experience. The Canberra Capitals, who are probably one of the most successful sporting teams in Canberra, if not the most successful sporting team, don't have a home a home venue. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot to do in actually making Canberra count, and I think making it more marginal and having an independent voice in there could go a long way to doing that. I wanted to zero in on climate change, which is clearly one of your signature causes, your signature policies. As you said, you attended COP26 uh, last year. What are some of the specifics you want to see Australia doing in this space? Mm -hmm. This is probably the the ultimate example of something being politicised. While most of the rest of the world is getting on with having the right policy in place that actually benefits people. We, we've, we've been caught in you know, the last 10 years of indecision of denial and, and now delay. Climate action is a huge economic opportunity for Australia. We desperately need like really pragmatic climate and energy policy. And we need policy that's actually gonna reduce household bills. And we can do that at the same time that we're creating jobs, we're safeguarding the future of the people and places we love, and we're actually investing in all of these regional areas that have had fossil fuel jobs for, for a long time. Like this is, a, this is a transition that's happening across the world and we can be really deliberate about it. We can ensure that we're actually planning or we can continue as we are. We're gonna miss out on the, the economic opportunity to actually create uh, an economy for the future, to be exporting things like green hydrogen, green steel, which, which the rest of the world is already sort of cracking on with. We have to have the government step up and actually provide the right sort of policy settings and the right certainty for the market. Because we're seeing there's a huge amount of private capital ready to you know, be thrown at, at these sorts of projects. We currently have a government that's just not not on the same page. I also wanted to ask you about the cool-down campaign that you launched. Nearly 500 athletes have signed up for it now. Obviously, now you're running for Senate with action on climate change as a key part in your platform. Do you think sports and athletes can be playing, can play a major and leading role in spurring action on climate change, even if they don't have any actual legislative power? they can serve as a powerful pressure group on this issue? I think we've, we all have a role to play. You know, this is, because this has been politicised so much, it feels like this big issue, which is just too hard to deal with. And it, in many ways, for a long time, it's been this abstract thing out there that's coming at some point. But we're seeing it really impact our everyday lives and you know when that when in terms of sport that's during the last drought being too hard to play on that's clubs in low-lying areas not being able to insure themselves against against flood uh it's events being cancelled here in canberra in 2019 the raiders and the brumbies had to relocate their entire pre-seasons due to the bushfire smoke like these are these are things that are already affecting us. I think we all have a role to play in actually pushing for the kind of action that you know is going to 
create the future that we want. And it's going to create a future with, with more jobs. We've been sold this lie that it, it's a cost. This is a huge opportunity for us. And I, I really think the, the role that sport can play in that is one in helping to normalize action, just saying, yeah, this is an issue, whether we like it or not, you know, <laughs> prefer to not have to deal with this issue, this issue, but this is something we've got to deal with. And then secondly, actually playing our part as sports uh, and as sports people in dealing with like the really tricky issues of well, how, how do you actually reduce your footprint as a, as a business, as a sport? And we're seeing a lot of leadership uh, sort of in Europe and, and the UK on this with sports starting to um, take up that challenge. You know, it's, it's something that we all wish we didn't have to deal with, but it's the challenge is there. It's, it's coming whether we like it or not. And I think it, it is actually an opportunity for sport to show leadership in this area. Hmm. I mean, if I could maybe zoom out from this particular area and look at more broadly, we are seeing the role that sports and athletes are taking in the political discourse, um, such as sporting boycotts and the exclusions of Russia and the incidents surrounding Roman Abramovich and Chelsea. They're more and more coming to the fore. There's always been a bit of a meme about sports being apolitical, stick to sports, shut up and dribble, all of that sort of stuff. Do you think sport has ever been free of politics? And even if it was at some point, do you ever think it will be again? Yeah, we hear a lot of politicians pushing the line, sports and politics don't mix, but I think that's a really convenient one for them. They say that when they don't like uh, what's what's being done or, or, or sports are critical of, of them. The reality is, is that sport is part of our lives. It's, it's, it's a big part of society and um, politics is how, uh, you know, politics is the thing that gives us the, the kind of society that, that we have. And, and if you look at the history of sports, it's been a really important part of pushing for a more equal society, whether it was, you know, boycotts, boycotts of, of apartheid or, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson uh, in baseball. Um, you know, th there's just so many uh, examples over the years. And then obviously I think the Black Lives Matter movement really brought that to the fore. And, and now we're seeing with, with Russia. So I think whether we like it or not, sport is part of society politics matters and i think sport can sport can play its part it would be remiss of me given that espn were a sporting outlet if i didn't circle back to one of the things you said there about canberra and its sporting infrastructure how you're missing out you talk about the old stadium which i think the matildas will be playing new zealand in in um april 12 and i know in Australian soccer, there's been a lot of talk about Canberra not having an A-League's presence yet. Um, what do you think Canberra's missing out on in terms of funding and the opportunities that arise from that in on the sporting front? If you look at the last 10 years, there's been a massive underinvestment in infrastructure in Canberra. Um, I think of the 
much talked about $110 billion infrastructure fund the government loves talking about. I think we've got $1.2 billion, which isn't, um, you know, a, a fair share. And, and that really plays out with, with stadium and sporting facilities from community clubs, you know, basketball currently having to turn teams away. Tennis is doing the same. Uh, netball crying out for more more courts and then I guess right to the professional and the top end um, of, of sports we we currently put a big sort of sporting event like a rugby world cup game we just aren't up to our facilities aren't up to scratch and then across the board there's you know a lot of the facilities weren't you know these are facilities from the sort of 70s 80s I think you know they went built with women's sport in, in mind so we really have to have a longer term plan for for Canberra to ensure that as the nation's capital, we can actually host sporting events. That um, we can host music events. You know, this is this is kind of beyond just sport. You know, last week I think the Foo Fighters played in Geelong. Twenty five thousand people turn up to watch them. Our biggest music venue here in Canberra is eighteen hundred. So we, we're not going to see you know, any band like the Foo Fighters here anytime soon and this stuff's expensive it takes a longer term view and and um, ensuring that we're building infrastructure for the future listening to that answer it sounds like not only like clubs having to turn teams away and all that it sounds like it's a community health issue just as much as a sporting events issue isn't it I think that's really been heightened coming out of COVID is we we all know how important it is to, to be healthy. And after being cooped up in our houses for however long, kids need the opportunity and, you know, people in the community need the opportunity to actually get out and, and play sport. And I'm incredibly grateful for the things that junior sport taught me, the opportunities I had to play out a whole range of sports. And I, I think as a society, we need to be encouraging young people to participate in whatever sport they choose and to make that more accessible to ensure that, you know, there's sporting facilities that are accessible to everyone and not just um, an increasingly kind of smaller percentage of the population that happens to live near existing facilities. David, we've been going uh, a while now, and I, it would be remiss of you not to ask you a few quick rugby questions that my colleague Sam Bruce sent through to me. But before um, I get through to that, I was just going to just wanted to ask you, heading into this election period now, what would be your message to any undecided voters in Canberra? Why is David Pocock a better candidate than anybody else they'll find on their ballot? There's a lot of talk about having more integrity in politics. And for me, integrity is standing by your voting record or your track record if you don't have a voting record. I'm obviously new, new to politics, but I'm going to use the experience I've had in, in sport, in agriculture and community development, conservation, all these things that require a work ethic and being really pragmatic and working with you know, a whole variety of people with different backgrounds and beliefs to actually get results. That's, you know, that's what I'd love people to, to judge me on. This is about 
ideas and track record. And if you look at uh, yeah, what's been happening here over the last nine years in, in Canberra, um, I think we've been missing out. And I'm saying that we, we can change that. And I guess now maybe a bit of the, uh, the rugby questions. Um, okay. Sam would like to know, um, you're a guy whose career, you spent a lot of your career with your head buried in the ruck. Um, what changes would you like to see made to the laws of the game to simplify or clean up the breakdown, both for player safety and the good of the game? Do you think rugby's capable of doing that? <laughs> um, you know, I have to, I have to confess that after I finished playing in, when was it, March 2020, I really tried to watch rugby and it was just, it was just too soon. Like I was, I was getting nervous. I wasn't enjoying watching it. I would, I was hating it if a commentator kind of criticized one of my teammates or someone I knew. It was all just too close. Mm. And so I didn't watch much rugby in, in 2020. Last year, I was largely in Zimbabwe, in rural Zimbabwe for the rugby season. And it's only this year that I'm actually in, really enjoying watching rugby. So I, 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 this is not a cop-out, but I don't really have a, like a super informed um, decision based on the last couple of years. You know, I guess the, the breakdown is with the scrum where it's, it can be pretty subjective. There's so much going on for a referee to, to make decisions on. Yeah, but I think largely from what I've seen, as long as there's consistency uh, around what referees are looking for, it, it seems to work pretty well. Um, I mean, I'm obviously going to say that as, a, as an oversight flanker. Uh, I mean, I loved, I loved the sort of contest at the breakdown and everything that went into it. Um, but yeah, I don't have any, uh, any great answers for that. I'm sorry. Fair enough. I mean, watching it now in 2022 as a fan, are you enjoying it in a different manner than you expected? I mean, are you always looking at it through the mind of a former player and you're watching your mates play or how do you enjoy watching the game now in 2022? You know, I did a um, halftime interview uh, last week or the week before and was asked about that, like sort of what are you, what are you seeing? And I haven't rewatched the interview, but I think I actually froze. Like I, I didn't really know what to say because I'd just been sitting there chatting to a you know mate who lives probably 45 minutes out of town on a farm. And we were just chatting about sheep and farming and I don't know, just enjoying watching the footy. I certainly hadn't been, you know, analyzing uh, what was going on. Um, I don't know. I felt like just a, a true sort of fan who was enjoying the occasion and, to be honest, was probably watching the backs realigning and getting ready um, for plays than I don't know actually what, what was happening in the ruck. So, maybe, I mean, maybe that'll change uh, the more I watch. But I think I'm definitely in that phase of just enjoying, you know, going to the ground, sitting in sitting in the stand, not being in a, a corporate box, just being surrounded by a few mates and enjoying it. Wow. David Pocock, former Wallaby, current independent candidate for Senate in the ACT. Thank you very much for giving up your time today on ESPN. And I guess good luck with the campaigns ahead. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for having me on.
So we don't actually have a date for the Australian federal election at time of recording. All we know is that it's got to be called some point before May 21. But as you have just heard, David Pocock believes he's in with a good chance of winning one of the ACT's two seats. So that's something to keep an eye on. But for now, I'd like to thank you for joining us on another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead. This time for a conversation between myself and former Wallabies captain and current independent candidate for the Australian Senate by way of the ACT, David Pocock. I've been your host, Joey Lynch, and as a reminder, you can catch this episode, every other episode of Beyond the Lead, and all of ESPN's collection of podcasts and audio goodness wherever you do so happen to get your podcast from. If you're enjoying Beyond the Lead, or any of those other pods, be sure to subscribe, leave a famous five-star review, and tell your friends and family, just help spread the word. Anyways, thanks for listening today, tomorrow, or whenever you happen to be tuning in. And do not fret, as I'll catch you soon for another deep dive into the world of sports, and maybe a little beyond, as ESPN takes you beyond the lead very soon.